Good morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Listen up, folks. I uh, Admittedly, I failed you last week. I We were just coming back from Venice, and uh, so Venice was on my mind, and Thanksgiving, the holiday weekend, was not at all on my mind. And, and usually... You have a show, and and it's during a time of year that you know there is a holiday that's prevalent, whether it's a Jewish holiday, whether it's a holiday celebrated around America, or uh, I guess Canada for all you, or just anywhere anywhere around the world. If there's a holiday prevalent, um, usually it's spoken about, and I totally failed all my listeners in talking about Venice and see Venice. No, not Venice. Talking about Thanksgiving. So with that in mind, I texted Jamie last night. I said, Jamie. I got to talk about Thanksgiving, the show, and this week's Four to the Door has to do with Thanksgiving, and I need your best, your best, your best top four Thanksgiving trend uh, traditions. So I did, uh, usually I don't mention what the top four to the door, top four anything is of the week, but uh, I did it in the opening because I want to tell you guys that I, I, I remembered Thanksgiving, obviously I celebrated Thanksgiving last week, even with Venice going around, even with with everything going on with the Nahum Seagull Network, and thank God it's all good things. But uh, so so we'll we'll cover Thanksgiving. But I do want to apologize to all my listeners who expected some sort of Thanksgiving shout out and talk and whatnot. So uh, there's my apology. I hope you accept it. We have a uh, a pack show this week. Tova Kanach, the regular contributor of Bite Size, she joins the program and she talks to Sasha Gorelick the founder of the Sabra Patch. So uh, that'll come up shortly. And then uh, Nahum Siegel will actually join Bite Size and talk a bit about the uh, unfortunate passing of Revencion Schenker at the age of 91. So uh, we'll, that will actually be, uh, Nahum will introduce a JM in the AM interview he did in 2014. Uh, it's a long interview, but it's exciting. Um, listen to it all. A lot of good music. So be sure to check that out later on in the program. And as I mentioned, this week's Four to the Door, while maybe a week, a week late, is the top four Thanksgiving traditions. So all that coming up in the next two hours, as I hope you stay here. Uh, coming up now is a little music. Bowie Vishalom off of the new Sheer 2 album by Shlomo Yehuda Rechnitz. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Sosai, 
Vi shabhu vi faru vi shoyru vi roim mu vi yaritu yakdishu vi yamlichu vi shoyru vi roim mu vi yaritu vi yakdishu vi yamlichu Hashem chamal keinu
Ata Kel off of Barry Weber's Aguda Achas as you're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And coming up is Tova Knech's interview with Sasha Gorelik, the founder of The Sabra Patch. You could go to thesabrapatch.com to find out more. She is a mompreneur and a teen who survived Aliyah. So here is Tova Knecht with Sasha Gorelik. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting here with Sasha Gorelik of the Sabra Patch. Welcome, Sasha. Hi, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to finally meet you after following you on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Okay, before we get into what the Sabra Patch is, tell us how long have you been living in Israel? So my family moved here in 2005, and that was um, from England, so 11 years ago. And I was 14 years old at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was um, an interesting age to come. And this was before Nefesh Menefesh was working in England. So my family had to really navigate things on their own. And um, so we basically we came um, to an absorption center in Jerusalem, wow. which was uh, definitely an experience. Um, we were told that it would be, you know, a good place for family to integrate and like go to Alpan and things like that. But it turned out that it was um, more for, I'd say, like there was a lot of Russians and Ethiopians, and uh, we were put in this like two-room apartment, and wow. there was like cockroaches running around. Oh and no! It was really bad. So thank so, God, Nevish Benevish came. So thank God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of ran away from the absorption center, and we ended up in Ramat Bichemesh. So. Um, and so my family's been living there since then. Wow, and after that you acclimated? And after that it was, it was definitely a challenge to find the right schools to go to because um, things are different here culturally and also religiously. Mm-hmm. So my parents, they thought that perhaps sending me and my sister to a Beziakov, she was 13, I was 14, yeah. would be the most similar to what we were in in England. Um, because, you know, like, uniforms, blue shirts, blue skirts, you know, right. it must be the same thing, right? Right. Um, but once we got into the Beis Yaakov here, it was a completely different uh, world, different, like, story. So that didn't really work out, and we switched schools a bunch of times. Uh-huh. Um, I ended up doing my high school exams on my own. I studied on my own for the Bagriot, wow. which, was, uh, which was difficult. And, um, but thank God, like, I'm so happy that, like, I'm here now and all my siblings are still here. Everyone lives in Israel and we're all, um, from, which is, uh, something my parents were told, like, don't come with teenagers because your kids are going to go off the derech and it's going to be too difficult. Uh-huh. Um, but thank God, like, everybody is, uh, So you made it through the fun. challenges yes. and everyone's yes. successful. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. So hopefully, uh, your success will convince other people to, to come, to come, to try. You need to be, um, resilient. <laughs> And have patience. And patience, yeah. Okay, so, and then you got married. And then I got married, yep, um, to an American, Yechazkal. Um, ah. He's a gorilla. His family is from uh, New Jersey. Oh, so lots of people know them. And um, so basically, yeah, so I, I got married. I went to college here. I did a BA in social sciences. And after I finished college, I decided that instead of doing a master's, I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And um, I came up with the idea for the Sabra Patch, and uh, so, I, I started my website. Yeah. Amazing. So tell us, what is the Sabra Patch? Okay, so the Sabra Patch is a website for Israeli artists and craftsmen and designers in Israel to sell anything that's basically handmade or designed by them, nothing mass-produced. 
Um, and the reason I, I came up with the, the idea for the website is because I was, you know, I was online, I was looking at different Judaica websites and Israeli websites, and they all had the same generic products, you know, you see over and over again the same Mug and Dovids, the same Judaica, and half the time this stuff is not even from Israel, it's like made in China. So I was doing some research online, and I found there's like all these Facebook groups and different communities of artists, um, and there's just thousands and thousands of people that are not getting the exposure that they need in order to support themselves. So I, uh, I saw this need and I decided, you know what, why not, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to create a website, a platform for them that's specifically um, for only Israeli handmade stuff. Wow. So that's the idea. Yeah, so that's the where artists, it came from. The artists are Israeli, they come from? So um, a lot of the artists are actually uh, Olim. Some of them come from, like, I, there's people from all over the world, actually, Argentina, Holland, the US, England, like, really a huge mix of artists. Um, there's also native Israelis on the site that live, you know, all over the country, like Haifa and Tichon Yaakov, we have artists, and from Tel Aviv, we have artists, so all over the country, everyone, um, which is really cool. Okay, and what is your background in is there an art background? So I've always loved handmade things. Um, I've always loved being creative, you know, scrapbooking, all that kind of stuff at home. I never had the patience to really sit and make stuff that was um, sellable, <laughs> I would say. But I, I have an appreciation for it. And I also started writing for this website, which is called The Culture Trip. And they're, they're a huge website around the world. But they have um, people writing in Israel for them about different cultural and art events. So I was writing for them for a bit. And I got really into, um, you know, that kind of scene. And um, which got me into writing also about the artists because I didn't want the Sabra Patch to just be an on, another online store. I wanted people to really connect with who the people are and their stories. So what I do is I write about them, I interview the artists that are on the website and, and tell people where they come from, what their story is. So just, so just an example, this was really like amazing. There was this woman that I saw on Facebook posting. She was an older lady. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started talking to her and it turns out she's a Holocaust survivor. And she paints, and she was trying to get her artwork, you know, online. But, like, obviously she's old, so she doesn't really, like, know. Um, so I went to visit her in Tel Aviv, and she's, she survived um, a camp in the Ukraine as a child. And she paints the most, like, uh, she's, she's amazing. Um, and it's to help her support herself, because her income is just not enough, what she gets from the government. Yeah. And she needs, like, to get, you know, medical equipment and stuff like that. So that was really inspiring. So I wrote about her. Her name is Jenny Rosenstein. You could look her up on Facebook. Sure. I'll link and, it on um, and people go and visit her as well, like, in Tel Aviv, and they could buy her paintings, which is really nice. That's fantastic. So yeah. that something very unique about the Sabra Patch. Yes, yeah, so that's, that one, that's what makes it really unique, is that it's really, it's not just promoting the bigger names of Israeli artists, like there's no, no one that would, you, you would call famous that's on my website, the whole point is that it's for smaller um, artists that are really trying to, you know, get to themselves out there. And another um, group of people we have is, there's an organization in Be'er Sheva where it's called Nashim Rokmat Khalom, they're, um, it's, it's for Ethiopian women uh -huh. where they help them transition from just being inside the house to really supporting their family. So what they do is they make traditional handcrafted Ethiopian products, like embroidery and jewellery and things like that. And um, I got in contact with them and so they, they have a lot of their products on my website as well where you can buy and, and you'll be supporting Ethiopian women from uh, Beresheva. Wow, so that's one way that the audience can help? That they yeah, can so that's one way they can help. And um, How else can they help? Basically, like what the, at the moment, like I've been going for just under a year. I started like in January last year. Just under year. a year. Just under a year. Wow. 
and I've been doing everything solo. I invested my own money like into doing this, installing the, the platform. Um, but uh, there's not a lack of artists, that's for sure. But I'd love if people could just tell their friends and go online and follow us on Facebook and sign up for our email addresses. So on Instagram, we're at the Sabra Patch. On Facebook, also the Sabra Patch. And um, just spread the word. Yes, share it with with as many people as you can. And the art that you uh, showcase on your website, do you ship it around the world? How can people? So yeah, you basically it's it's pretty simple online shopping. You click buy, it goes into your shopping cart, and then you can ship it to most of the artists ship everywhere in the world. Uh, Most of the like sales we've had so far come from the U.S. from Christians, from Jewish people, and uh, we had one random sale from Czechoslovakia, so that was cool. Yeah, what yeah. they buy? They bought like an alphabet placemat. For, it's like kind of for kids, but it could also be for adults. Like it helps you learn um, Hebrew letters. So. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. For new olim, that's so for great. For new olim, it's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, and you said that you moved to Bichemesh. Yes, yeah, so. that's a typical place. Pretty typical place for Olim. For Olim yeah. why, why, what do you think makes it typical and a good place for Olim to move to? Um, um, so, Ramat Beit Shemesh, um, Beit Shemesh, that whole area, it's definitely what you'd call a soft landing, meaning that there's a lot of English speakers, so you don't have that like culture shock per se of being thrown into Israeli society. Like, you'll find a lot of friends that came from maybe where you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that has its pluses and minuses. So, like, it definitely took um, me, maybe my siblings, also longer to learn Hebrew because you, you're not really forced to speak. You don't really need to because you have so many English speakers there. So uh-huh. that's, like, a kind of a downside. But otherwise, it's definitely, like, it's a great area to live in if you're looking for, like, something that's... It's more of a mix now, like, compared to when we came, I think, 11 years ago. There was definitely more Americans. Now you'll find there's more Israelis and it's more mixed. And the kids that came are more integrated, so... Amazing. One more question about the Sabra Patch. Do you have, or are you looking to having a studio where some of this art can be showcased, or you want the people to just so go to So, mostly, um, I want people, I mean, like, the whole point is that it's online, so that if you're, like, in Australia or in America or wherever you are, you can just connect and buy from the artists. Um, eventually, I mean, it would be very cool to have, like, uh, a studio where they'll come and visit, or be at, let's say, Chutzah Hayotzer, which is a huge um, art and craft fair that happens in Israel every summer and showcase some of the artists from my site there. That would be that would be cool. So, so we'll see where big, it goes to. So yeah. there's a big vision for But my vision is that it should be the Etsy for Israel. That's what I would love, to oh. have like thousands of artists online um, wow. selling their stuff for people all around the world to discover that and support Israeli artists. And, and to bring Israel to yeah. Yeah, showcase yeah. Israel. Wow. Basically, yeah. Um, okay, before we end off, First of all, it was like such a pleasure to meet you and continued success and Hatzlacha in everything you're doing. Um, I'm going to ask you, what is your Israel happy place? Okay, my Israel happy place. That's a good question. Um, I mean, this whole country is amazing. (laughs) It really is. I think one of my best experiences as as growing up in Israel, um, which is definitely like happy memories, was just being able to have that independence to go places so I mean maybe my parents are a little crazy but like they let us go and like do stuff so we would go hiking up north we took the bus down to Eila when I was like 15 um, oh my goodness so yeah I did yum liam with friends when like when I was like 17 or 18 which is a three-day hike from the Mediterranean to the Kinara so I'd say my happy place is just being like outdoors you know 
experiencing experiencing the land like you have to if you want to experience Israel you need to get out and like hike and see it and it's amazing because when you do these hikes you're also walking through history like it's it's where like our ancestors were it's where like Tanakh happened and like, Tanakh comes to yeah. life here and especially around the area of Beit Shemesh you have a lot of stories from Tanakh like Shimshon and um, yeah. David fought Goliath like in one of the areas close to Beit Shemesh so so it's another good uh, reason for Olim, you know for people to move here and become Olim yeah. so they could experience you can the, experience the land and feel really connected to your heritage yeah amazing well thank you so much and thanks for having me thank you thank you yoni back to you Thank you, Tova, again. That's Sasha Gorelick, the founder of The Sabra Patch. You could go to thesabrapatch.com for more information. And on Tova, you could go to Tova in Israel on Facebook, tovanisrael.com, for all of the interesting content that Tova provides all of us in regards to everything and anything that has to do with the land of Israel. And uh, thank God most of it is positive. Coming up in just a bit on Bite Size is an interview that Nachum Siegel himself recorded at uh, on JM in the AM in about uh, it was about two years ago um, we're gonna it's a little bit of an exception for bite size I know the show here is usually uh, you know 10 20 minute really bite size interviews um, from different talents this one uh, an exception has been made Revention Schenker um, unfortunately passed away and uh, so we're gonna play Nahum's interview with him. And uh, it, it's pretty long. Uh, I'd say family size. I know we're, we're bite size here, but this interview is definitely on the uh, family size of things. Um, so just be prepared for that. But uh, Ford of the Door will still take place as usual about 10 minutes before wrapping up. And this week's Ford of the Door is top four Thanksgiving traditions. So stay tuned to that. More coming up on Bite Sized. I'll uh, hand it over to Lipa's Kaf Al Kaf. You're tuned into the Nachum Siegel Network. Oh 
אבותינו היה עוז בית מקדש שייבנה מהר כבר בימינו קדוש ההר והמקדש ממנו נתפלל נזקף הוא המקום ירושלים מחוף אל חוב נפליג אל העתיד ועבר ובהר נובע מעיין המים המרחק שואל מתי אבות אל, רק נישא עיניים, נמחא יחדיו כפיים. Listening to Bite Size, hosted by Yoni Pollock here on the Nahum Siegel Network. My name is Nahum Siegel, and we have an opportunity during this program today to revisit an interview with the great Ben Sion Schenker, the great uh, Hasidic composer. Uh, ben Sion Schenker passed away just a few days ago. And on April the 1st of 2014, we had the pleasure of welcoming him to the JM and the AM studios and conducting a full length interview with him. It was a truly historic, and now looking back after his passing, uh, something we cherish very, very much. Here it is for you on Bite Size at the Nahum Siegel Network. Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. There is a brand new CD that is out. It's called Halel Vizimra. Ben Sion Schenker with Andy Statman. Andy's, of course, on the mandolin and the clarinet. The Adidim Choir joined these two legends with 20 original Hasidic melodies. Composed and sung, of course, by the great Ben Sion Schenker. It includes seven songs that are perfect for the Pesach Seder. It's brand new. It's a L'chaim release. You'll find it out there in your stores. And, of course, we'll be featuring it this morning as we introduce the legend himself. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the great Ben Sion Schenker to JM in the AM. Good morning. What Good morning. an honor it is to have you here. Good morning and a guten Reishchidus. A guten Reishchidus is right. <laughs> Congratulations on the new CD. Thank you very much. When you first started recording, it wasn't CDs, huh? No. <laughs> it was Comcom LPs. 
What was the uh, first recording? The first time you ever walked into a studio to record a niggun? What was it? What was the 1956. Niggun? Which niggun? Well, it was a, a record called Mujitz Mlava Malka, right. a 10-inch record. And uh, I, on that record, I sang Hamavdil. Hamavdil ben Which everybody in the world sings. That's right. Baruch Hashem. And uh, the, um, the, we, we actually, we... We uh, changed it later to a 12-inch. We put on some right. few different, some different songs were changed. We had, we had that uh, that came out about two years later. At any rate, uh, that's my first record. I think I think I was the first Hasidic record that ever appeared. Really, I was reading that any Hasidic group that went ahead and made sure to record their legendary nigunim. It was basically a takeoff on what you had done with Mudgets. That's true. And even they, when Chabad or Ger, when it they all came above, after, it all came, it came after. They all they saw the value right. in, in keeping it for posterity, and they followed your lead. It wasn't very easy for me to to do that recording because I had to get the approval of the Rebbe and Etzisrael, and he wasn't too eager to give me the approval. Meaning he did not want it recorded. Did uh, not want to he, be. He didn't want to be the first one to right. make such a drastic uh, move. You know, right. he didn't know what, what, how it's going to be, how it's going to take with the audience. Right. But later he, he 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 told me he says it was the right, the right move because he's everybody else is doing it. He says. And what was shocking is that obviously the system he favored more was handing down, you know, by mouth from generation to generation these great nigunim, yeah. and shockingly, some of them lasted. Many many decades. I mean, they're they're nigunim that were written clearly in the mid eighteen hundreds, right? That's true. But the Tamidi of the Baal Shem uh, composed nigunim, and I mean, Lubavitch uh, has many of them that they, they use in their own repertoire. Right. And it's amazing how they survived all those years. Yes. So maybe the Rebbe was right that without the recordings, they would have survived nonetheless. But with the recordings, they became well, worldwide sensations. That's true. I mean, that's that's quite obvious. And by the way, I. Uh, I saw an interview you did with somebody, very rare, by the way, that in advance of a conversation I would go watch an interview. But in your case, or in this case, I should say, I felt I had to, um, just to give myself a little bit more background. And uh, you mentioned in one of the conversations how thrilling it is for you when you walk home Friday night from Shul, you hear Aisha's Chayel from every home, and it's your Aisha's Chayel. That's true. But and, and I'm thinking to myself, it, it's not only that. I mean, you're, you're 100% right. Every home and so many of them are, are singing it. But when you think of summer camps and youth programs and gatherings anywhere from Yerushalayim to any other city in the world, large numbers of people, hundreds at a time, and they're all singing that Aisha's Chayel. It is, it's like, it, it's amazing. Baruch Hashem. It's incredible. <laughs> it, it's, it's a great sphere. Composed when, that Aisha's Chayel? 1953. In any specific circumstance or just sitting down to compose? No, it was after I was married right. and I did have an Aisha's Chayel. <laughs> right. Right. Unfortunately, I don't have her anymore. So, but uh, she was an Aisha's Chayel, really. And you just felt it's time to and write a I, uh, the, the, the interesting part about it is that in our family, you know, we never sang Aisha's Chayel because my father didn't have any special digging for it. And in oh, most, meaning he would just say it? We would say it, right. yeah. And in, in most families, there, there wasn't any special digging. I mean, I, I can't say there wasn't. Yeah, and I know that later I found out that Breslov has an Aisha's Chayel, mm -hmm. and they had, uh, in other words, from, from the uh, early founders of uh, Hasidus, you do have an Egan for it, but nobody uh, knew these songs, only people that were that, that were connected to them, uh, or it may as, came down as a tradition. 
But Aisha's Chag was something that most people did not really sing. They, was, they were just saying it. And, and I, I broke the ice, as you say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the great Ben Sion Schenker in our studio. So you're at a chasana, and at so many chasanas these Yos days. Is oh, yes, it's a lie for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking how oh, you'll, yeah, yeah. you'll see the chasen sing Eishas Chayel yeah. to his new bride, and you're standing there. And I was there. I did that, and I saw, I've seen it myself. Yeah, and you're saying to yourself, that's that's my Eishas Chayel. I have news for you. The chasen do not know how to sing. That was even worse yet. <laughs> hey, give the guy a break. He just got married, you know? Maybe he was too excited, maybe, or something. <laughs> it's his moment to shine, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then, I, 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 so... And and when we say the atolis yeah. al kula, no, yeah. you never you never anticipated that it would be a note that would be held that long, <laughs> did right. you? It became a shtick a little bit, no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you're wondering which one it is, uh, folks, it is the Aishas Chayel. Yeah, Aishas Chayel Miyimta. That's been Sion Shanker, an amazing nigun. May may be the most famous of all your nigunim, and and Rinat and Mizmodovit. Right, Mizmodovit. And the Mizmoel David, which was recorded by Chazan Yitzchak Meir Helfgott and Yitzchak Perlman, in addition to others, but they they that that must have been interesting for you but, to have these two giants record that song. Uh, it was something that was like unbelievable when it happened. You know, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Yossi Halayach is also right. a uh, standard. It certainly is. And most people don't know that I'm the composer of it either. Well, I mean, how many people would know that you composed Eishas Chayel, for instance? I, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. I've seen uh, cases in Israel, especially where they they printed, published it, both Eishas Chayel and Mizrahi David, and they wrote Misorati. <laughs> Traditional. traditional. <laughs> well, you want to know at this point it's become traditional, yeah. hasn't it? So now, okay, so let's go back. As a kid, you are you're you're offered a choir position. This is where in Bedford Stuyvesant. Bedford Stuyvesant, right? You're offered a position as a choir member. I with, see, with, you, you did your research. Uh, I, I tried my best <laughs> with a great choir master, somebody that a lot of a lot of people from that generation they would recognize the name. Uh, he was the teacher of Richard Tucker. Tucker's Rebbe. Tucker's Rebbe. Tucker sang in this choir even. Wow. Not in my time. A little right. before me, Tucker was a little older. And uh, he used to come down to rehearsals even later just to, to, to meet the boys again when he was ready studying opera and he was ready uh, the singing opera. And was, the, uh, name, the name of this choir director? Cantor uh, uh, Weiser. He was, he was both the chazan and the, Kent, and the, the choir director. And, and this is where? In what synagogue? He, he actually, at one time, he had, uh, not in my time, he, right. he had a steady synagogue. I don't know where. In Brooklyn. Uh, in Brooklyn. But uh, when I got in there, we used to, uh, it was always a, a new place, you know, with right. Rosh Hashanah, then, right. you know, during the the, the traveling tour. You were, bar, you were barred uh, story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and your parents were not exactly thrilled with no, the whole choir very, idea. Not thrilled at all. But he was able to convince them that you, because yeah. he, he just. Well, he, you know how he convinced me? He said that. Any place we go, I'm going to make sure he stays at the rabbi's house. And he tells the, he said to your parents. Yeah, that's that's that, that right. was the, the the that was his pitch. Reason, <laughs> well, that was the sales pitch. <laughs> and uh, and what do you remember? What, what, what for, as a kid was that a good idea or a bad idea to go around and be part of a traveling choir? I'll tell you the the the, well, the good part about it was the fact that I uh, I was able to to. Uh, Exposed by my my talent at the time, I right. was uh, as I would say his his main uh, alto soloist. And you love to sing. And I love to sing, 
And I, they, they, most of the compositions were his own, actually. Right. He sang most of his own. His, he was a very prolific composer. So that's stage one, yeah. becoming a, a member of a choir. Did, were you, were, did you end up being the star of the choir? Like, were, as you grew older, were you like, the, the go-to guy well, in the choir? You know, the, the, that whole thing didn't last too long because that, that, actually I lasted longer than anybody else. What happened is this. I came in there, I think I was, it was just after Bob Mitzvah, right. or maybe a few months before, I don't remember. And uh, but actually, by, by, when I was like 14, already, my voice started, and he, he, he refused to let me go. What he did, he started writing my solos in a lower, lower key. So, uh, and I, I, didn't, I was there until about, about 15 years old, which is unusual, very right. unusual. That anybody at 15, usually the voice is And then that was it. Was, so when you're 16, 17, are you diving for the umbud? Are you? Uh, uh, no, it came a little later. Took a break. But but, but <laughs> what happened later is actually in between. Uh, the Mojis Rebbe arrived in 1941. Right. So I was like uh, in your neighborhood. Uh, he was. He, he he settled in Williamsburg. Right. Well, we were in Bed Stuy that time. Bed Stuy right. wasn't that far from uh, from uh, Williamsburg. I mean, and uh, I, I remember going to the first Tish, walking uh, to Williamsburg with a whole group of people from there, with the Stiebel that we dominant. And uh, I, I, I heard him sing, I heard him uh, speak and everything else. And I became very, very, I can't say I became attached at that point because I didn't have right. any way of becoming attached. Did you know any Mudgets in the Gunam at that point? I did. You knew them? N not knowing that was Mudgets in the Gunam. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you were familiar I, with I, I was, I, the Nishibu I did, we davened in was a Polish uh, group over there, and they were all from that area. So there was one fellow there that used to sing by every child of shooters. The Gunam that later found out that they were Mudgets of the Gunam. He used to always say, this fellow used to say, I know the Gunam that are 15, have 15 fallen. So I said, how can you have a be a Negro at 15 uh, uh, parts? And it turned out that there were, were Mojas in the Gunam, but he never said so. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and the same Nagunim that I heard from him as a kid, I, was, right. I heard from the Reverend. So what, would there be one of those Nagunim that we would know from that era? That you knew uh, I, as a I kid? have recorded a few of them already. Is there one that would be familiar to a guy uh, like me? I don't know if, if you would be familiar, but I know in Israel there are very many people. There's a Mechal Kel Chaim. Do you know, well, do I know you're Michal Kahai. He's 12 years old then. A fabulous voice. He, he, a glorious voice. He still knows how to sing, but he was something extra special back then, huh? Yeah, that was something. When he walked into the studio, he was a short little kid. Right. I have never met him before, because it was available past Nectar, one that was, it was conducted in right. a choir, so he got, he got him. That time we did, we did uh, when we recorded, you know, it was interesting. It's not like today. You recorded, it was a live performance, right. like a concert, you know. Right. Had the whole orchestra sitting there and the choir, everybody, yeah. and then no e no emailing tracks, no back, tracks and back and forth. <laughs> the only thing it was, you used to have take one, take two. Right. That uh, that would that then they used to paste it. You know. All right, and put it together, put cut it together. and paste. Uh, ben Schenker is here, JM and the AM. So okay, so th that might be one of the Nagunim that we'd be familiar with from that era. You go to the Rebbe's Tish, you uh, you develop some well, type of. What happened of... later? Uh, the Rebbe was invited to Bed Stuy to the Shul of Van Buren Street. I don't know. As a shul, I was one of the big shuls there, and they had all the big chazanim used to come there. Kosovitsky was there when he came the first time. Okay. And, and, and the Genshev at one time was the chazan there. And they, and they had a lot of, there were quite a few Polish 
extract people that daven there, and they they decide they want to get the budget over here for a Shabbos, uh, and it happened. Uh, Friday night, the Rebbe only he davened Kabbalah Shabbos. He didn't daven Myra, but just Kabbalah Shabbos. So after he sang the Chodoidi, and after that he the real somebody, yeah. Some, yeah, somebody went over after that. And uh, Friday night there was a tish and there was a big a big island there. So I was exposed to a lot of to a lot of his nagunim at that time. And Shabbos morning, he, the Rebbe invited my father. We of course went over to get Shabbos. My father, Oliver Shon, was uh, went over and he recognized my father because we used to uh, come to his house to, to Malava Malka in Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, and he recognized my father by 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 sight. Mm-hmm. Didn't have, we had no connection yet. Right. So he said, uh, "How about coming up to the t- to my pride, my to my Sanya? We're having we'll eat together." My father said, "Yeah, okay, he will." So he said, "You can take your boys along also with my brother and myself." So my father said, "I, I want to go home and make kiddush for my wife, and then I'll have to come back," which I did. Uh-huh. When I came back, I was uh, I sat down on a couch right in back of where the Rebbe was sitting. And I found a, uh, a book called La Chassidim Mizmor, written by a fellow named Gishuri in, in Israel, Palestine at that time. Yeah. And in that book, he had uh, like, like biographies, small biographies of the, the Rebbeim in Poland or Hungary that, that were composers. Well, and one of them was the Majesty Rebbe. Mm-hmm. So, and he had notations of, of the Rebbe's Nagunim. And I was sitting there and I start uh, going through it, and I start singing to myself. Based on the notes. Based on the notes. Right. And the Rebbe turns around to me and says, Ken Slein and Norton, you know how to read notes? He lo- looked at me, I was uh, at that time 15, 15 and a half years old. And I was a little short. I, was, uh, I looked young, younger than I really was. So he couldn't believe it that a kid of that, that age could read notes. He says, I said, I didn't want to. Okay. I, I was studying at that time with Seymour Silverman. So I don't right. know if you remember sure. that. I'm sure you remember that name. Sure. I used to go private lessons every week. I studied sight reading and harmony and piano, everything, all rolled in one. And uh, I was reading pretty well at that time already. So he, 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 was, he was so excited about it, you know. So he said, continue, continue. He said, okay. I said, keep on going. So I kept on turning pages and I kept on everything I was there. Uh, he, couldn't get, he couldn't get over it. Later, he uh, asked me to sing Shira Malos by, by, by benching. So I was shaking like a leaf, you know. <laughs> and I sang one of his Dugunim that, that was not, too, well, not very well known yet in America, but I had heard it from a Lubavitcher guy who came back from, uh, from Europe just before the war. Uh, the, 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 the Lubavitcher had a yeshiva in the same town that Drebbe lived in, Otvosk. That was about... Uh, half an hour out of Warsaw. It was a resort town, really. Uh-huh. And Rebbe lived there from 1929 till the war. And uh, so these Lubavitcher fellows used to go to Shalashudas, uh, the Marjus, because they had no Shalashudas in Lubavitch. <laughs> <laughs> so they would, they would learn the Nagunim, and there was one thing that he, that he had composed just before the war that they picked up, and they brought it to America, and I was friends with one of them, and I learned it. So and I that's the Sheremalos. That How does it go? I sang, but I have it on a recording for Simchal Atzecha. What are your most famous? I want to tell you something. 
I was once in Israel in one of my trips there. Actually, it was in my first trip, 1946. And I was walking on Chov Herzl in, in Haifa. My, my uncle lived in Haifa. And a school bus, I was coming from school, just parked over there on, on the street to let the children out. And they were singing this song they were singing. They sang they, they were singing the, the, this song. Right. From the bus. From the, on the bus. <laughs> and these, are, these were not uh, religious kids. These were uh, secular boys, you know. I couldn't get over it. I said, how do they know that nigga, you know? I, I, I recorded it. And you, you, you'd be surprised. That same nigga was recorded in Italy, Italian choir. I just Somebody just sent me a recording of it recently, very recently. It was, it was recorded about 60 years ago. With what words? Uh, some Italian words. Uh, it sounds like, like uh, gypsy uh, music or something, you know, they, they, the way they treated it. So you sing this year on Malos at that tish? At that, at that tish. And the Rebbe says, how do you know that name? <laughs> but first of all, what happened to this? I started singing it uh, like uh, when, 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 like the regular beat, but I was so excited, and I, I, I wanted to get through with it, so I started singing faster and faster and faster. So, he, so when I finished, he says, let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> was he asking my name? I said, I've been seeing. Let me tell you, I've been seeing. He says, Negan, you got to sing like a watch, tick. Time. Not like a choo-choo train. Choo, 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 he, was, choo. he was giving you musical <laughs> lessons. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was my first just the lesson that I got. The great Ben Sion Schenker is here. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. The brand new CD is called Halel Vizimra. Ben Sion Schenker and Andy Statman. Before we go to one of these selections... When we say the Mujit Zarebbe, the one who you sang right. the Shiramalos for, so that Rebbe lives from when to when? He was born in 1887 and passed away in 1948. And when we say the Rebbe, do we refer to him as the, is he the? He, he's the? Not, we can't say the Rebbe because his father was the Miyasid of the Hasidus. Uh-huh. His father was the Divle Yisrael, the famous... And who's generally considered the best composer? Who's who's considered the Balmanagin of the It's difficult to really uh, because more than one would get that distinction. Every every one of the rebbeim since then even (laughs) composes. Really, present one in in that listen neibrak composes also. Any any nigunim I would know, or at this point uh, it would. There's one even making the uh, making waves right now. Which is it's uh, uh, Libby Basari. Libi Libi Uvisori. And that's the current Rebbe's Nigan. Current Rebbe's Nigan, yeah. Unbelievable. It's making waves all over the world now, I hear. So Mudgets, I mean, I know that other Hasidic groups also compose, but it seems like this this musical dynasty is much longer than some of the other Hasidic it groups. Started, like every Rebbe. It started with the father of the, the Rebbe, excuse me, the Rebbe Shol. The father's name was uh, Yisrael. His, his safe was called Divri Yisrael, very, very popular safer also. And he was the first composer. Well, actually, his father was a composer too, but he did not. We don't know any, any of his because there's no way of preserving it. I, I know there was one thing that I sing that's, that that uh, Meyachis to the Zvolina. That was his father's name, Pshmudadio. Otherwise, uh, we don't know any other Nigunim. And uh, and uh, I, I'm sure you're aware there's there's a, a Nigun called Eskara. Now, I heard a story about this niggin. Right. 
Is it true this story or not? That's the story. That's a tr- the story we are. We know that it's a, that the Rebbe, Rebbe had, actually composed it while going to an operation. If I, but here's the story I was told. Okay, I was told that the Rebbe refused to take anesthesia during surgery. Correct, and instead got through the surgery with this niggin of Ezra. That is correct. That's and correct. They, that's they, a true they story. Amputated his leg. Well, he went through an amputation without. without well, why any, didn't he want anesthesia? Anesthesia at that time was in its early infancy. So it was dangerous, he felt. He felt that they, they, the rumor was that they, it can have an effect on the mind. So the only way that he was able to make it through an amputated leg surgery without anesthesia was with this nigun of Ezkara. Exactly. Where is Ezkara recorded? Did you ever sing Ezkara? I sing it every year at the Yorkside. Which is when? When's the Yorkside? Yud Gimel Kislev. And is it recorded somewhere? I have it on private recording. So there's no public recording of I'll that song. You, there's a reason why there's no public recordings. He was very, uh, in, in his uh, will, before he was nifted, he, he, he wanted them to promise him that the, the thing does not become exposed to the world. He didn't want it to that become... That specific niggin. That the niggin, yeah. He felt, they felt it was like a holy niggin. Unbelievable. So that story is true. And I've had people that were, were writing arrangements of it Intricate arrangements of right. it, and wanted to have it uh, performed. And whenever I asked the Rebbe at that, at, of the generation <laughs> that what they wanted to do right. it, they all said they didn't want it. Ben Cian Schenker is here. We'll give you a little break. We're going to take phone calls. I'm sure there are anxious people who would love to speak to you. Uh, we're at 201 209 9368. If you call, just be patient. We'll get to you as soon as possible. 201 201- 209-9368 is the number in studio. Ben Sion Schenker on a very special Rosh Chodesh morning at JM and the AM. The brand new CD is entitled Halel Vizimra, Ben Sion Schenker's Compositions. You are accompanied by the brilliant Andy Statman. He's quite a musician, huh? Very much a musician. And a heart to the Kayyid. Unbelievable. He's an amazing man. Amazing uh, person. Uh, too bad he could, he could not be here when he's doing a gig in Boston. <laughs> oh, man, could you imagine if both of you would have been here? I'd, I, I'd be originally, the... originally I'd, I'd, we planned it that way. Oh, my gosh, I'd be flying through the roof for Ben Sion. <laughs> if both of you were here. Uh, the legendary Ben Sion Schenker and more coming up at JM in the AM. <laughs> Ich bin der Heut, 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 der Heut,
Ben-Sion Schenker with Andy Statman on a release that just came out. It's entitled Halel Vizimra. It includes, including this selection, it includes seven amazing uh, songs for the Pesach Seder and 20 tracks all together from the Halel service and beyond. Check it out. It's brand new. Ben-Sion Schenker in our studio on this historic Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. I want to give a special thank you to Kenter Joel Kaplan for all his help in facilitating this morning's conversation. When the Rebbe did the, uh, <laughs> when the, and by the way, the phones are blazing as we predicted would happen. Stay patient at 201-209-9368. When the Rebbe did Lo Sevoshi that night, right, he came to bed you said. He did, which Lo Sevoshi did he do? Because there, there are two Lo Sevoshis on your Shabbos Malkus CD. I believe he didn't do either one of them. He didn't do either one. <laughs> would he have done one that we would know? That the Hamonam would know or not? I really don't remember. Rebbenzin, what do you mean? It's only how many years ago? How many years ago do you think it was? <laughs> 1941. And two weeks from today, two weeks from today, you'll be saying this. Am I right? Isn't this oh, Tal? Right. Two weeks from today, right? Cousin Kaplan is shocked that I know that we say Tal the first day Peso. Tal, Tal, You remember this one? Will this still be done at the Majestic Stiebel on Coney Island Avenue? Or we don't know which one they'll use over there? We don't know which towel they'll use? I, uh, we, we've actually changed it every, every oh, year. Oh, really? It's yeah. a different towel every year? Yeah. Am I no. wrong? Am I wrong on the Um Narayim to use the same Nagunim every year? Is that a bad practice? Should I be switching it up or be <laughs> <laughs> I, I compose new nigunim every every year before Rosh Hashanah. You introduce on the Yom Narayim a every, new nigun every year? Every, not more than one nigun. I usually like four or five. What was this past Rosh Hashanah? Ask my friend over there. <laughs> <laughs> what was this past Rosh Hashanah? Give me a nigun that you composed for five seven seven four. <laughs> and which words? Which 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 part of davening was it? I, I, I usually have a reshes vaseinu. I use a new reshes vaseinu. A chamor al masecha, a new one. I find it hard enough to to repeat the old ones. Ben Sian Schenker's here. We're two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. The brand new CD is entitled Halel Vizimra. Good morning. You're on the air. Hi. Um, I remember Manucha Vizimcha. Rabbi Silverman taught us in third grade. Rabbi Sian Schenker's Manucha Vizimcha. That's a very very famous one. Wow. Manucha Vizimcha. You know how many people sing that on Shabbos? Unbelievable. 
Thank you for the call. Hi, you're on the air with the Grape and C.M. Schenker. Good morning. Good morning. Name is Judy Kruder. Um, and I have a memory of Ben Sion Shanker from many, many years ago in uh, 1967, early 68. I was a nurse at Maimonides Hospital, and his daughter came in as a patient, and she had appendicitis. And um, I was a nurse who took care of her. But I walked onto the floor that day and heard him singing, and I was familiar with his <laughs> with his singing because my father used to play the records in my house in St. Louis growing up. And I had moved moved to Brooklyn to work. And um, I walk in and I hear Ben Sion Schenker singing. And it was just, I was just awestruck. And um, awestruck that I got to meet him and and his family and spend the next few days while I was taking care of his daughter. There you go. And um, I, so I hear this morning, I turn on the radio and I say, oh my God, I have to, I have to call up and say hello and hope his daughter is... A lady with lots of children and grandchildren now. Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much for taking care of my daughter. <laughs> you can say that again. You're live on the air with the great Ben Sion Schenker. Good morning. Hi. Hello. Go right ahead. Um, uh, I, I would like to hear him uh, sing Eskara. You know, I know he's going to make it public. I should hear him sing it for like a minute. Well, do you ever sing it? Eskara at all? I sing by every yard side. Just by the yard side? Yeah. So you wouldn't do 20 seconds for us here, would you? No. No way. No matter how much I beg and plead. <laughs> You're live on the air with Ben Sion Schenker. Good morning. Nothing. Good morning. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Mr. Schenker, it is an honor and a privilege to speak to you. Thank you very much. You should know that I'm not Jewish, but I love Jewish music, and you are definitely one of my favorites. And when the Geula comes, you know, there, there are four Jewish music performers I want to dance with, and, <laughs> and you're definitely one of them. That's it. You made the list. You like that? <laughs> well, who, who are the other three now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't have time for that this morning. Come on. Hi, you're live on the air. Good morning. Hi. Uh, uh, I had the privilege of hearing Rabbi Schenker in my shtibel in Crown Heights every Shabbos, and then he sang by my brother's chasana, Baruch Atapayir, Baruch Another very uh, famous song. What? Another very uh, famous song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Sussman's first Uh Wonderful. What? I am so happy to hear your voice. It's really beautiful. Thank you. It hasn't changed. And actually, it's become better. <laughs> wow. Thank you so, so much. Like a fine wine. Where was the Stiebel in Crown Heights? On what street? Um, uh, first in President, then in Crown Street. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there in this audience who remember that. I can tell you that much. Hi, you're live on the air. Good morning. Hi, good morning. It's Mrs. Jackman. I wanted to just tell Dr. Schenker that my father, Arthur Brandwein, was a very big wow. follower, came to all of the... Uh, it seems like you remember that. Oh, yes. Reverend Sian remembers him. And I thank you for the call. Hi, you're live on the air. Good morning. Hello? Yes, you're live on the air. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. My name is Yaakov Motsen. Oh, the great <laughs> Yaakov Motsen. Yaakov Motsen, wow. This must be Yaakov. I just was in, with the Red a few hours ago baking matzahs for Pesach. And uh, I just heard my wife call me and she said, listen, and she said to me that you've got the new, the new record. <laughs> so first of all, Mazel Tov. Thank you very much, Yanko. And, and by you, if we're saying Gvua, Shmoyim, Shona, this is really Gvua. Because <laughs> to sing as a, as a chazan, to sing at 80, it's really Gvua. <laughs> 
Baruch Hashem. Grace of Shkayach, Rabbi Yankov Mutzen, one of the great yeah, Chazan. Baruch Hashem, I hope that you have some, you deserve it to hear me when I'll be 18. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good bracha, really. Uh, that's a great bracha. Grace of Shkayach, Chag Kosher V'Sameach, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, JM in the AM on this very special Tuesday morning. Ben Sion Schenker's here, we're at 201 209-9368 This is the Menuch of Asimcha, right? You remember this one, Bitsia? Composed around when? Oh, this is a different Menuch of Asimcha. No, is this the one? Uh, this is the Majus of Menuch This is the Majus of one. This is recorded when? How long ago? Uh, 1962, I believe. Wow. Where would I find the other Menuch of a Simcha? It's, it's somewhere, right? It's, it's somewhere in one of those CDs. <laughs> I may even have it over here. I, Are you I, brought, I brought something along here. Yeah, I want to do that. Oh, I have that. Which one is that? I have it right in front of me. Which one is that? Menuch of Simcha is not here. What's the name of that one? Oh, it's not on that one? Uh, this would it be in that series? No, uh, this one is Aisha's Chayel. There's one thing... <laughs> I have the Aisha's Chayel, yeah. Uh, that I wanted uh, you later on to speak to play, to play the Hatoiv. It became very, very famous now. Off of that CD? Uh, yeah, the, in the fifth track. I'll tell you what, I'll do it right now. What did I do with it? Here we go. Ah, nothing like this happening on live radio, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, JM in the AM at 201-209-9368, 201-209-9368 for the great Ben Sion Schenker. Track 5 on a CD set entitled Midor Lador Volume 2. This is from the Volume 2. Uh, this one is called Hatov, and this has become uh, very very popular in Israel. And it's, it's hard to steep, seep over here also, but <laughs> city weddings... Uh, your composition, I assume. Right. Here it is at Jam in the Air. Ki me yo 
Great Ben Sion Schenker, that's Hatov. Brand new CD is entitled Halel Vizimra. We'll do more off of that coming up at JM in the AM. One of our listeners writes in by email Please don't let this gentleman leave or ask him to come more often. What an awesome man. What do you think of that, Rabitzia? Wow. <laughs> uh, we're spreading your reputation all over the place. So the first Rebbe, I mean, the Rebbe now is in Israel, correct? Yeah. Okay. So the first Rebbe to move to Israel was who? Who went to Israel and, and made that the permanent home? This first Rebbe's grandfather, who was a son of Reb Shold, one that was in America, right. actually went to, to, to Israel, was Palestine then, right. in 1935, together with his father for a visit. His father went back to Poland, and he decided he wanted to stay. So he wasn't Rebbe at that time. He, right. was, uh, he became the Rav, actually. They had a, a Bismedlish. At the, he was the, the, the Rav in Majlis of Bismedlish. And uh, see, he lived there since 1935. And when the Rebbe was nifter, he became Rebbe. In 48, uh, he automatically became Rebbe. Right. How often does the current Rebbe visit New York? He happened to be been here a couple, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And you see him whenever he's here? Oh, yeah. You always see him? Yeah. And when you go there, you must get a hero's welcome every time. Pretty much so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you agreed with me. I'll tell you, it, we, it, 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 I'll tell you something interesting. We were together, I was together with the Rebbe someplace, together with Yankel Motsen, actually, only about three weeks ago. Wow. But you won't tell well, us where. Uh, I can't tell you where. But, Sounds uh, very secretive. You weren't <laughs> on some cantorial mission, were you? <laughs> Not really. All right, 201-209-9368, your chance to speak with the great Benzian Schenker, 201 201- 209-9368. Our email addresses are open here at JMN. We'll try to get to that if you have a, uh, a specific comment or question. Um, someone asked about the traditional Odishama. I assume they mean the Odishama that everyone sings at every wedding. And they wanted to know if you knew the who the composer was or the source of it. Apparently it's a not the Kalbach one, but the other one. That is well known at weddings. Would you know? Where I can tell you something about it. I don't, I don't know the com- who the composer is, but it so happens that the Rebbe that we just spoke about, who lived in Israel, was in America in 1949. After he became the Rebbe, that was the first visit to the United States, and there was a, a family wedding, that, and he sang the Oydishama for the first time. Now it wasn't his. He, he specifically said, "It's not my name." It was a Svadish that that was that time was very popular in Etzisrael, 
And he said there was a, there's a little difference in the way we sing it today and way he And he introduced it that way. I was the first person in America that ever sang that thing. <laughs> and we don't know who wrote it. He, he didn't say who wrote it because uh, right. I, don't, I don't know if anybody knew who really wrote it. Was he? His right. father used that very often. Masorati. Masorati. Yeah. <laughs> and he, but what he said, the the, the the end of it ends not different than what you do it because uh, which is a real Swedish type of. Uh, right. Wow. 201-209-9368. Good morning. You're on the air. Hi. Good morning. This is Doctor Crumbine. I was at wow. Doctor, My I dentist. I was at his dentist for many years. And I was invited to his two daughters' weddings. Shalom Aleichem, Dr. Crumbine. Yeah, listen to this. The first first wedding I went to, he introduced the song. So the second wedding, I asked him beforehand, could I take the song? Because I know he's going to introduce another song. He says, fine. And after the hasana, I taped it. And he calls me up and he says, his nephews are supposed to have taped it, but it didn't come out. His doors come out. If I came out, he wanted to borrow it. There you go. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Thank you for that. 201-209-9368 with Ben-Sion Schenker. Good morning. Good morning, Nachum. It's Marty Hacker. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. Haven't spoken to you in a little bit. Well, do you want to speak to Ben-Sion Schenker? He's sure. here. Please, go right ahead. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Shalom. Yeah. Um, between you, Helfgott, and Stark, uh, probably the best cantors that I know of. But see, that's pretty good company. Uh, you're giving him very good. And not only that, much um, much better company sing, than I desire, I think. <laughs> I used to sing in in uh, Oscar Julius's choir. Oh yeah, I remember Oscar Julius. Okay, and um, uh, the um, the El Mole that uh, Cantus Stark does is terrific. Mm -hmm. It is a very moving rendition. Wow! And I even did it uh, when I went to Teresin. And um, and uh, I impressed a lot of people with that. In fact, they had a school class uh, that was in the background, and the kids were making noise. But when I sang the El Mole, his rendition, it was unbelievable. There wasn't a sound in in the uh, crematorium. In the crematorium. That's yeah. one way of putting it. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. You're on the air. Hi. Yes, hi, good morning. I, I would like to mention two things. Uh, number one, I was a big fan of Ruben C. and Shaker. Um, I bought last night the new album, and I cannot uh, stop listening to the track, Holach Mahania. Right. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Nothing. And uh, oh, number, two, number two, the Oidi Shoma that we just spoke about, was actually composed by uh, Rebianco Talmud, which it's not true. No, not true. Ben Sion says nice try, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> that's what I was told. Oh, I bet you some people have been told that you composed it. By the way, that, <laughs> no, that's that, that rumor is probably. Either. I know that rumor is <laughs> probably around as well. You're on the air with Ben Sion Shanker. Good morning. Good morning, my name is David. My favorite nigga is Kane Fialono. I didn't know he was fired. Second of all, can you please, Kane. I saw him, uh, an interview that he did with one of the magazines, I think, Hamadi or Yatid, where he talks about the first time he met Majid Reb and he asked if he knows how to read music. Right, we he spoke was, about that a half so, hour ago. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm listen, I'm requiring you to listen to the entire show. You can't, <laughs> you can't call up if you're listening to only half the show. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. 
good morning, Nachum. This is uh, Larry from J Drug. Larry, good morning. We'll see you a week from today. Yeah, me it's a but uh, that's for next week. Yep. But this week I want you to tell you how much we enjoyed and seeing Shanker's music. Uh, you know, we listen to music all day long in J Drugs and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And we uh, enjoy his music very much. But the real reason why I called is I just heard the dentist uh, Crumbine on the phone. Yeah. You know, we in Flappish Park Tourist Center, we had his brother, um, Hassan Crumbine, for many, many years. And I enjoyed growing up, Elias Crumbine, listening to his music. So I just said, uh, I don't know if, uh, I'm sure he, you know, Ben Tien knows that connection between Hazen Crumbine and the Texas Crumbine. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Larry. 201-209-9368. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. I'm Anissa Bonka Gadalia and Tanta Miriam. And she and Shanker and his lovely wife were their neighbors. They were best of friends. And when my uncle married off his first daughter, uh, Reverend Tian did in there, I guess, and he composed for them. In there, I guess, for the wedding. Gavaldi. All right, how many Nagunim do you think you've composed? Uh, close to 500. <laughs> Unbelievable. How long did it take you to compose the ones on uh, on this? And did you had Pesach Dafka in mind? I mean, you, you included songs from the Haggadah, so obviously so. Yes. Uh, the, we, we figured out uh, the, the whole repertoire before we, we did the Kairan. And I wanted to come out before Pesach and Baruch Hashem. I, was, I succeeded. I, w- I wasn't sure I was going to succeed. You're lucky there were two others. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Betsy and Schenker and Andy Stabman are together on a brand new CD entitled Halel Vizimra. One of our listeners just pointed out track number two entitled Halach Ma'anya. Here it is brand new at JM in the AM. Oh. 
J.M. and the A.M., the great Ben Schenker, visiting us on a special Rosh Chodesh morning. A reminder, Ellie Schwebel in our studio tomorrow morning in the 7 o'clock hour will debut his brand-new CD and plenty more as we continue our march on to the great holiday of Pesach. This is a Pesach CD. Halel Vizimra includes seven selections to the Pesach Seder, including that one. Halach Ma'anya, Ben Schenker is together with the great Andy Statman, who's on the road today. Otherwise, he'd be here with us at JM in the AM. Rebinsian, one of our uh, listeners, says, the neighbors of Aaron Orlander appreciate the sporadic private concerts that you do with Andy Statman. I guess you know what that means, huh? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're always doing these impromptu concerts with Andy? No, we have the Kumsitz and the Every Cholomoid, we have a Cholomoid Pesach and Sukkot. Very nice. And he's always, you know, he man, unless he, he's, he's busy with something, but... He, at last Sukkot, he couldn't come because he was getting out a ward from the, uh, the, 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 uh, something of the arts. You know, he, he was one of 13 In people. Hollywood somewhere? It, it was in Washington, D.C. They, 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 every year they give an award to people in the arts. Right. And he, he got that, that award, one of 13 people. Unbelievable. He is a masterful musician, just incredible. And now that more people know about these private concerts, there'll probably be more people there this whole way, I would assume. Um, we also didn't mention uh, that, uh, that people insist we mention this conversation, Ein Kitzvah. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's another, another selection. Yeah, that's another one that people yeah. are singing. Oh, yeah. Everybody sings that. I mean, uh, Yom Naroyim. Um, we mentioned Ms. Marla Dovid. Someone pointed out to me that. On the words Hashem Roi Lo Echsar, the way people sing it today is a drop different than the way you sing it. Is that true or not? Is there an adjustment there that's that's troublesome to you that people are not putting the emphasis in the right place or not? Someone mentioned that to me. I really don't 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 no. I mean, uh, people uh, when you go into a shul, everybody sings it right. What the way he wants to sing it right. on his own. They make believe they know what they're doing. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I gotta tell you a very nice anecdote yeah. on, on Miserable Dove. Yeah. I was once uh, during the summer vacation. I was up in the, in the mountains uh, by Oppenheimer's Island with Fleischmann's in our area, yeah. and uh, <coughs> we had Matzah Shabbos and Lav Malka, and it was for a few people. There wasn't not even a minion, I don't think. And uh, they, they asked the fellow to sing Abba Hashem Liyankov. He started singing, Omar Hashem Liyakov, very nice, Al Tiro Avdi Yakov, which is, it fits in very well. Right. And then I, would, I was uh, harmonizing with, with him. She says, Yingaman, Machmanish Kala, don't, 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 don't kill the things. <laughs> so people, the people are sitting around and started laughing. He says, What's Lachman? He says, He's the composer of that thing. <laughs> 
Uh, it reminds me of one of my. Uh, what? You know what he answered when he sees Moses? Manzaitis Lakuzingen. Which means? That his grandfather sang that same thing. No, so how can it be that you're. <laughs> Tuesday morning, Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM with the great Ben Sion Schenker. Our phone number 201-209-9368, 201-209-9368. What do you think? We're in our final minutes now, so if I'm going to ask you some historic questions, this is the time. What do you think of the Nigunim of today? You go to a wedding, you hear what's coming out of the orchestra. What does Ben Sion Schenker think? I really wouldn't like to answer that question. Oh, <laughs> there it is. I don't want to come out in public. I, got, I, I got my quote. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, look, do you have a, at all an appreciation for it, some it, of it's these? It's awesome. The modern sound is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll have to take your word for it. You know, I'd like you to play this. Yeah, which one? Salsi de Pesach. All right. But we're not at the end of the Seder yet, are we? No. But we're at the end of the conversation. Pretty, pretty near. We're close to the end of the conversation, so we can do Salsi de Pesach. Uh, JM and the AM, the brand new CD is entitled Halil Vizimra. Check it out. It is uh, Ben Sion Schenker and Andy Statman together. Um, Chasal Sidr Pesach would be, what is that, 15? Yeah. 16, I believe. Yeah. You'll let me know if this is the one. Chasal Sidr Pesach at JM and the AM. Yeah, J.M. in the A.M. Ben Sion Schenker's in our studio. Chasal Sidr Pesach. 
starts to bring us to a close of this conversation. Uh, today's Rosh Chodesh. When you bench Rosh Chodesh, do you have a specific niggin, or it could be a different one every single month? Anything specific that uh, <laughs> you have to ask my, my friend? I should here. ask Gussie Tepper to video maybe. <laughs> yeah, he says you sang at his bar mitzvah. That's true. What did you sing? What did you sing at his bar mitzvah? Do you remember? I remember. <laughs> each remember. Not I. Uh, so if you would have benched Rosh Chodesh, maybe you did. I did. No, you benched this past Shabbos. What nigga did you use? It's, it's too, too big to be too sing over here anyway. Yeah? Even yeah. The, even the Misha Asa, Yichad Sheyu, there's nothing? Well, Misha Asa is a Nusach, actually. Yichad Sheyu, is a, is a, it's a long composition. Uh, really? Yeah. And every month is the same one? Not, I, I keep changing. I have a couple of... Uh, a couple so of there's months. no special Nisan. Like, I'll tell you, some of these modernish guys, yeah. they'll do Yichad Sheyu to Dayenu, because, you know, it's... I have a Dayenu on this also, incident. So would you do that? Would you do Yichad Sheyu to no. Dayenu? You would never do that. <laughs> never do that. It's a, very, it's a very serious type of thing. It's, right. it's not a hopka, uh, you know. And we say Chatzi Hallel today. What's your favorite Hallel selection? You have a great Bitsay Sisrael. I have one on here also. New you have one. a new Bitsay Sisrael? Yeah, right. What is your favorite Hallel niggin? Well, there's one Bitsay Sisrael that I sing here. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great niggin. Zehayom, no? Do you have a Zehayom or not? You have an Anah Hashem, a Hodu Hashem. Yeah, I have a few of them. I have a, I have a new one on here also. <laughs> Pischuli you have? I have a new one on Pischuli here also. What was wrong with the old one? <laughs> we, we, we can't give them the old one again after they have that already. It's funny, you know, if I learned anything about Mudrits this morning... There's it's that of, there's uh, always new nigunim. There's not resting were, on the laurels were, they of the were past. They so prolific in com- composition that I mean, even this present Rebbe today makes 12 new nigunim for Rosh Hashanah. Every Rosh Hashanah. I can't say every one of them is a, is, is is a, a big hit, hit right. but, but a few of them last. Is, is composing easy for you or not? Is it an easy process for you or not? I find it pretty easy, yes. If I asked you to compose a nigun this morning... If you had a piano in front of you, you could have done it. Probably. I did it once in Israel already. Uh, Yossi Gill once had me on this, on this program. Right. I remember Yossi Gill. Yeah. And uh, you composed it? Incidentally, incidentally, I sent him by email the new thing, and he's waiting for it to come out in Israel because they don't have it in the stores yet. So I believe by tomorrow it's going to be there already. Do you remember what song you composed on the show? I can't remember the song, but the engineer that was uh, working on All the right. station... His name is Yossi. She said, I want to ask Rabbi Schenker to pose a song about, Yo- about Yosef. And you did? And it wasn't too bad, really. <laughs> That's what we should have had you done this morning. That could be for your next visit. Next here. visit, okay. You can, we'll bring a little one of those keyboards. But you better make sure you have the right word for me. That's true, right? <laughs> yeah. I, can I choose the words? Anything with Nachum, I mean, that you can use. <laughs> nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. I have that. You already. have a Nachamu? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw it on YouTube. You have a very, very, very You're good beautiful Nachamu, yeah. yeah. That's what's wrong with writing another one. After this conversation, <laughs> I learned you have no problem writing another one. Maybe. Where do I find that Val HaKol that we wanted to write? Where is that? Yeah, it's on the new record. On the new one? Number nine, I think it is. Val HaKol is a, uh, it's number seven. Seven, okay. Al HaKol is a uh, brand new composition, and uh, that's how we're going to wrap things it's up making this waves. It's making an impact out there, huh? Yeah. If people want to hear you daven, they can come to the Mudrits and Shtibel on Coney Island Avenue. True. I don't, I don't daven too often. How That's often would you? You just bench Rosh Chodesh I do. Will you daven over Pesach at all? You probably will not. 
Who will get the privilege of uh, davening Tal at the Madras Shtibel? I have no idea. That hasn't been decided yet? <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe you'll count Sphira second night of the Would you do that? I'm, I'm not going to be there, actually. Ah, so. you won't be in Brooklyn. That's yeah. tough. I'll be in Brooklyn, but not in the right. neighborhood. Do you have a Sphira song? Did you ever compose anything uh, from the Sphira service? I did one thing that I composed, but actually, yeah, I converted it on this, on this record to something else. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> ben Sian Shanker, what an absolute honor to have you here this morning. I'm so glad we finally did this. I, I feel it's an honor to be here. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Continued good health and success. Oh, man. Continue to inspire people around the world. Oh, man. And, uh, For many more years to come. Oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, your legacy is already amazing. Continue to add to it. You always say I'm a legend, so you have to have, I have, to have a legacy. The word legendary does uh, precede the I, I the think your superlatives are a little too super, I think. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I'm accurate. I checked with, I checked with my staff. They said, yes, he's in fact legendary. Zisid Pesach, I crush over Sameach. And thank you for joining us. Did you put on the... the, the uh... We're going we're to wrap up with it right now. Yeah. Uh, you can enhance your Pesach, everybody. Ben Sion Schenker has seven brand new Pesach Seder songs on this 20 selection Halil Vizimra CD done with Andy Statman. Our thanks to the great and legendary Ben Sion Schenker on a very special Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. The uh, the brand new CD is Halal Vizimra. Ben Sion Schenker with Andy Statman on this Rosh Chodesh morning. What a delight to uh, speak with Ben, ben Sion Schenker on the air. If you missed any of our conversation, check out the archive section of jmtheam.org later on today. Uh, it was really a phenomenal visit uh, and a fantastic encounter. Big thank you to all of our listeners for the phone calls this morning as well. Much appreciated. Tomorrow, Ellie Schwabel in studio in the 7 o'clock hour will debut his brand new album here at JMDM. And I want to close out this program with a classic from uh, Ben Sion Schenker from the Pesach Seder. We go back to his Nigunim of the Shalosh Regolim. Chad Gadya, JM in the AM.
my conversation, a full-length conversation with Benzion Schenker, the great Hasidic composer and the songmaster who passed away very recently. We had an opportunity to revisit that incredible conversation from April the 1st, 2014 on this edition of Bite Size with Yoni Pollock. My name is Nachum Siegel and you are listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. Zakeni 
Levine, Vizakeni, Vizakeni, Baruch Levine. It's about as a uh, as much of a tradition to play this song on a Friday for probably most of y'all than it is uh, Thanksgiving traditions, right? So uh, four to the door this week. Four to the door this week is, as we mentioned before, Thanksgiving traditions. Our top four Thanksgiving traditions, whether it's food, whether it's the moment we wake up, we do something, something we watch, something we play, something we... Anything that happens on the Thursday of Thanksgiving, for me, it's a tradition, right? You do something every Thanksgiving, that'll do. So, uh... Without further ado, this week's Four to the Door top four Thanksgiving traditions as usual. We have Jamie Turkel, our assistant programming director and social media coordinator. We have her list. We have my list. If you ever have any additions to our list, any critiques of our list, any um, positive feedback on our lists, any really anything to do with our Four to the Door, anything to do with the show in general, you could always email me, yoni at nachomsegel.com. That's Y-O-N-I at nachomsegel.com. And uh, I look forward to reading your comments. But here we go, Four to the Door, top four Thanksgiving traditions for Jamie. Number four, uh, boys watch football. So uh, I guess... For Jamie, it's it's watching the boys watch football. So she's not actually wa- right, Jamie. You're not actually watching football. You're just watching the boys watch football. All right. Um, okay, fair. Number three, seeing a movie after dinner with all of my, or in this case, her cousins. Um, it's cute. That's a, that's a nice tradition. Um, again, I'm all for traditions. So going out and watching a movie definitely follows suit. There, number two. And I, I I like this one. I can't say it's it's part of my uh, traditions, but number two on Jamie's list: fried Oreos. Um, um I guess uh, Jamie, you you yourself fry them, right? You don't buy them anywhere. You fry the Oreos. I like it. I admittedly I've never tasted a fried Oreo, um, which I am particularly ashamed about because in uh, back home in Houston at the rodeo, fried Oreos is a certainly a popular treat to all and uh so i can't say i've tried one but uh but nice i like it jamie i approve and number one on jamie's top four to the door top four thanksgiving traditions number one frying the turkey i i gotta give it to you jamie it's a good list not not it doesn't often happen that jamie has a list that i like but this week jamie knocked it out of the park congrats but listen don't give it to her yet give me a chance here Give me a chance, but let me uh, let me quickly read you again. Jamie's list: number four, boys watch football; number three, seeing a movie after dinner with Oliver Cousins; number two, fried Oreos; and number one, frying the turkey. And now, my Yoni Pollock, top four, the door, top four, Thanksgiving traditions. Number four is uh, preparing for. It's actually preparing for Black Friday, preparing for the next day. Um, nowadays, with the internet's. With the social media capabilities, I am able to, and 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 really, it's it's um, it's available to anyone. Pretty much, I mean, Black Friday sales kind of start like days before, weeks before. I mean, it'll be October, and you'll be like, oh, look, like let's see what's available for Black Friday. It's crazy, but uh, so for me, it's preparing for that Black Friday. Uh, you could even go to the stores on Thursday, and already they have Black Friday sales. Um, it's beautiful. 
I mean, it doesn't take away from my Thanksgiving. It, if anything, uh, I'm thankful for Black Friday. Um, so Black Friday is number four. Number three is I, I just put turkey. Um, I'm not. I don't particularly love turkey, um, but Thanksgiving you have to eat turkey. Hanukkah you have to eat latkes. I don't like latkes, but you have to eat one. All right, homentashen on Purim, right? Honey on Rosh Hashanah. Peanut butter to... Ju- okay, I'm getting to ca- taken care of. Yeah, I'm totally uh, going off here. But you, you get my point. You have to have turkey on Thanksgiving. I, I fulfilled that this year. Um, I actually usually... And a, uh, a shout-out to my 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 family in, in Cleveland. For the last three, four years... Is it four years? Three years? Um, before this year, we actually... Myself and, and several friends drove down down westward to Cleveland and uh, spent Thanksgiving sometimes. I think it was two, three years ago. It was Hanukkah during that time. So uh, that was also beautiful. But we've spent Thanksgiving in Cleveland for the last three years. This year, unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen. Um, that's what happens when friends get married, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against them. Mazel tov, you know, you're married. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, unfortunately sometimes the, the, the fun is taken, taken away from some other people. Um, no, no saltiness here, but, uh, so shout out to those, uh, my, my Cleveland fam there. Um, but that was, uh, an excellent time an excellent Thanksgiving. And, uh, for me, Thanksgiving, unfortunately at home in Houston, we didn't really, we didn't do much. Um, as you'll see later on in my list, we didn't do much, but what we did, at least for me was fun. Um, but so going to Cleveland for Thanksgiving and really having a Thanksgiving meal and what are you thankful for and what an awesome time. So uh, shout out to them. Number two on my top four of the door, top four Thanksgiving traditions is watching football. So I guess for Jay, I'd be the boy that Jamie, I mean, not that Jamie and I spend Thanksgiving together, but I'd be, you know, I'm the one watching the football. Right. And, and this year there were I think it's it's been like this for now a while. There's there's three games. Um, so this past Thanksgiving, I literally was on my couch for about 10 straight hours watching football, which to me is glorious and that's fine. Uh, that doesn't fit everyone's schedule and that's also okay. But, uh, football and Thanksgiving for me are a beautiful thing, which leads to my number one on the top four of the door, top four Thanksgiving traditions for me. Number one is playing football. And I was actually worried this year I wasn't going to be able to get a football game. And I texted a few of my friends um, in the Heights, like we got a football game together and, and actually I got a few answers, um, and they all wanted to play at 8am, which is fine for me. I'm, I'm good with waking up and playing football 8am. I mean, I got Miriam over here. 8am is like lunchtime for her. She's, she's up all, she's up by like 4am. I mean, I'm getting texts, do this, do that. Miriam, I don't get up until like 7, 8am. Like relax. Um, but, uh, so I, I tried to get a football game going. Unfortunately, couldn't get it together and, and and admittedly it's it's somewhat my fault I kind of flaked on my heights friends when I got an invite to go play in Teaneck um, and I knew that was a certain game I was like I got to get my football game in played two hours great fun ridiculously sore after that's what happens when you're not in shape uh, somewhat still feeling the after effects but uh awesome game so uh again just to recap my top four to the door top four Thanksgiving traditions number four is Black Friday preparation and already buying things number three is tasting turkey, eating turkey, number two, watching football, and number one, playing football. So again, any comments, critiques on my list, on Jamie's list, head over to your email and just uh, shoot me an email at yoni.achlamseal.com or leave a comment on the NSN app. 
Um, and we will certainly uh, take into account everything you have to say and probably uh, maybe agree with you, disagree with you, whatever it is, uh, we will let you know. But uh, thank you for uh, leaving your comments. So we appreciate it. Anyway, thank you for listening to the show for the last two hours. Uh, we appreciate a reminder. You can check us out all over social media on Facebook, Anachem Siegel Network, on Instagram, Anachem Siegel Network, and on Twitter, at Anachem Siegel Net. If you haven't yet downloaded the free NSN app, I would say you're running out of time, but you're not because it's always going to be free, and we always want you to download it if you haven't yet downloaded. So head over to your app store, install the free NSN app so you could catch all of our content while on the run, and frankly, just while you're at work. You could always head over to NahumSeal.com if you have a desktop or internet available to you. But all of our content is easily reachable, so make sure you have all the platforms so you're able to do so. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'd like to wish you a good day and remind you that the bite size is the right size.